Welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association, a podcast about woodworking from folk who woodwork. Woodworking is what we do, who we are, and what we like to talk about. So join us as we have a drink, sit around, and talk woodworking. Hi, and welcome to the 197 episode of the Modern Woodworkers Association podcast. I'm Kyle Barton, still of Aquatic Adirondacks, and I'm here with my co-host, Diami Plotke of the Penultimate Woodshop. Tonight, we're asking Patrick Brennan the five questions. Hello, Patrick. Hello. I'll go and I'll start you easy on this. We're going to start with the first question. How'd you get into woodworking? Okay. Um, I got into woodworking when I was in graduate school. Uh, ended up spending a little bit more time in front of a computer than I expected and was looking for a little bit of an outlet. And uh, tried to do a little bit of woodworking, you know, got the, the circular saw and, and things like that, but it wasn't really working in an apartment too well. Mm. So, <laughs> yeah, so I ended up uh, kind of going the route of, you know, finding an old Stanley number five and trying to clean it up a little bit and uh, picking up some southern yellow pine and planing it on the uh, the apartment floor is what I remember kind of pushing it up against the wall and and trying to take some shavings with something that I didn't know how to restore and picking the best wood to try that with too. <laughs> exactly right so you know just get all the really challenging stuff right well, out of the way so the yellow pine is a tropical hardwood in New York how is it to, <laughs> how is it to play um it's it, it's rough it's, it, okay. it is. It's okay. surprising for a, you know, air quotes, uh, soft wood. You know, it can, there can be a lot of um, irregularities in it. Um, it's, it's, it's quite hard. It's often pretty wet. Um, yes. So it can, it can be a little tough to, tough to work and, okay. and move on you a little bit. I, I worked with it once when we built Tom, his workbench, but we did it all with mm-hmm. power tools. So I had no concept of how it worked with a plane, but I'll agree that it was wet and hard. Yeah, I mean, you you got growth rings on there, and some of them are just hard as a rock. Others right next to it are a lot softer. So you can really, if you're not paying attention to, get some scallops between the growth rings, as I would call it. Yeah, and then you yeah. almost get that little bit of uh, mineralization on some oh, of yeah. those growth rings, and it'll just mm-hmm. destroy a, bla- a blade, a, a plane iron, put a big old, take a chip right out of it, and so... It's a. It's also a good reason to to learn how to sharpen. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I guess like I was saying, getting a lot of the, the difficult things uh, you know, right off the bat. But um, so so I started in grad school, and um, it's just kind of stuck with me as as something that I, I, I keep trying to learn more and more about. Um, probably spend more time reading about it. Um, getting a pretty good library of woodworking books going um, and just trying to understand as many of the techniques uh, as I can and then apply it when I have the chance. Okay. Okay. Well, great. Well, thanks. So with that said, um, what's your favorite tool? So I think, I think my favorite tool is the, uh, the Lee Nielsen number one Oh two little bronze, uh, block plane. Ah, I, I absolutely love that thing. I yep. pretty much every project I do it's, it's touched. Um, 
it's just always there. It mm-hmm. fits my hand perfectly, <laughs> and right. uh, I seem to always pick it up, um, especially for anything where I've got to do some work on some end grain. Uh, I just I I love I love that block plane. Well, fantastic. So, uh, well, at least you didn't say the lump hammer that I saw you post on Instagram recently. <laughs> I haven't had enough time with the lump hammer. Did you buy the lump hammer? I bought the lump hammer. <sighs> he has a lump hammer. We need to have right, it on. It, it's actually actually it's a great hammer. I got to play around with the prototype, but um, yeah, yeah, I'm like, uh, that's that's a that's a nice that's a nice tool. I just don't. It's not quite in the budget at this point in time. That's because you already it's, have a shave horse. Well, yeah, I got shave horse, and I got a couple shave horses. Yeah, a couple of shave horses. I got a couple of blue spruce mallets. Um, you know, just like I got to justify it. But yeah, it was sweet when I was playing around with the prototype. Yeah, I actually used it this past weekend um, for a little bit of mortising. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of just like Chris says, you just drop it. <laughs> you're yeah. not you're not swinging the hammer at all. Um, Are you worried about it, your chisel handles when you drop it? Uh, or are you using like not. a ringed back, one of the ones that has a no, ferrule in the back? I, of the chisel? I wasn't. I was just using a, a socket chisel actually. Okay. And what, like the Lee, Lee Nielsen. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. So those were made out of. Uh, well, I forgot the wood, but it's pretty. It's really stout wood. It, it is, and it, it's yeah. it felt pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's for mortising. I mean, it, it was pretty beautiful. Uh, you know, it, don't want to drive it too deep, but it it felt pretty good. So I'm going to keep giving it a try. Um, I'm not sure it will become my all day every day hammer, but uh, but I think it's worth a shot. Okay. Okay, so tell me a little bit more about this Lee Nielsen block plane. So is that the one that just has a little finger indentation? Yep. Uh, okay, okay. All right. The it's bronze? just got like a little – yes, it's bronze. It's, okay. Is that their quite, apron plane? It's small. Or is it, it, is it, yeah, it's yeah. actually their, their apron plane. Yep. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm not – I forget uh, plane numbers. But, yeah, I have that plane too, and I got that set up. And I usually dress all my edges with that plane just to chamfer the edges ever so slightly. I just got it set up for a super fine cut and just boom. Yeah, I use it for breaking edges, yeah. um, touching up end grain, uh, and it's just it's it's wonderful. Any place I just need that, that little fine touch, it's it's perfect for it. Mm. Well, when you're when you're using the plane, who has influenced your use of it the most? <laughs> So, uh, is this getting to the next question? Yes. 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 This is the next <laughs> question. Yeah. All right. Yeah. He was working the plane in there. Yeah. But so I, I get it. There was both. almost too good a segue for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think, you know, when I kind of look at my evolution and, and woodworking from, you know, trying to use a circular saw in an apartment to going towards, you know, that number five, Stanley on the uh, on the apartment floor was probably Chris Schwarz, who's mm-hmm. been a pretty big influence on me. The Anarchist Tool Chest came out right about the time that I was starting to dive into woodworking and uh, really just dove down that rabbit hole, if you will, and have 
um, kind of kind of taken a very similar route in terms of you know a few select tools to to do a lot of what I I need to do, and um, it's been pretty inspiring. I think a lot of people w- would say something similar, but. Mm-hmm. You know the the way that he's presented things, um, I think, is very approachable to to a lot of different folks, and that's made it um, it's made it great for me. Um, kind of putting together a workshop with simple toolkit, and then and then building on it from there with you know furniture that you can you can build for your home, you know, with boarded and staked, and you know, kind of reviving the nail <laughs> and the hammer right. and and all of those things. So it's it's been it's been really good, and then. You know, kind of always spent you know Sundays watching PBS and Roy Underhill, so that's always a a big one for me as as Roy. And I actually got to meet him last year finally at Handworks, and that was a that was a really special moment for me. Oh well, fantastic. Yeah, we'll see. On you know, as we talked in the last podcast, if you do that road trip up to Pete's uh, shop, you can go through both uh, North Carolina, visit Roy. Head over to Covington, Kentucky. Uh, visit Chris Schwartz's place. Hey, it's uh, it sounds like a very good road trip. <laughs> <laughs> and Kyle invites you to all those places. Don't sweat it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I just wouldn't invite your fiance on the road trip. But anyway, that's fair. <laughs> Actually, my wife got a kick out of Roy Underhill's shop, and especially the. Uh, Oh, I forgot the guy's name that runs the um, place above his shop that sells the uh, that sells uh, used antique tools. But she got a real kick out of that. But anyway, with that said, um, what has been your biggest stumbling block uh, in woodworking? I think for me, um, you know, trying to start in an apartment, it was really the workbench. Uh, I think mm. was the the biggest hurdle, just kind of getting, especially trying to do hand tool work where, you know, if you're, if you're trying to plane on a workbench, that's not made for it, it's not going to work. <laughs> and, right. you know, you need that stout, sturdy bench. And, you know, I think that's why I took to the floor for a little while. Right. It was the, uh, about the only thing in that apartment that wasn't moving and shaking. So, you know, kind of get it down on the floor and, and try to do the hand planing there but finally getting a bench built uh, kind of opened up a ton of possibilities in terms of what you can do when it comes to, to work holding and, and hand tool work. So for me, I think that was the biggest hurdle. And then from there, it's just been, you know, everything is accessible. It's just a, a matter of, you know, spending the time and the hours to you know, try a new technique or, or, or learn about a new tool. Okay, well, what, with, great. Um, with that, did you – I'm trying to ask if having the workbench opened you up to a lot of things, but I think, I've, I think you've already answered that question. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, when yes. you were working off the floor, did that immediately result in frustration and the realization that, you know what, I need to put this aside and build a bench? Or – you know, was it the kind of thing where you were new to the craft and didn't realize what you were missing until you built the bench? And then it was like, oh, my gosh, why didn't I build this years earlier? So I was actually trying to build a bench on the floor. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's you got to start somewhere, right? Exactly. Yeah. So it was always the bench was always the goal. 
Um, but I will say that there were those moments where it was just frustrating. Um, and, you know, not having anything to start with was, was, it was, was pretty tricky. Um, and I think, you know, the community has come up with some pretty elegant solutions to that for the modern day apartment woodworker. Right. You know, whether it's a, you know, something like a, a bench crafted high vice that you can attach to pretty much any work surface and, and use that for some work holding or one of Chris Schwartz's Roman style workbenches. You know, I think if I were to do that all over again, that's the type of bench I would try to build if I was going to be in an apartment. Yeah, yeah, you could use that for a number of different things. Absolutely. I mean, you yeah. can you can do all of the work holding and then pretty much mm-hmm. everything you want to, and then can also have guests sit on it. So yeah. it's pretty fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, years and years ago, I'm, I'm dating myself, but Kenneth Woodruff, who made uh, the Woodshop Widget app, he made a collapsible workbench that I believe set up basically like more like a standard workbench, not like the Roman workbench. Um, but the legs came out and kind of tucked into the bottom of the bench and it slid under a bed for his apartment. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's not. cool. I don't, I don't remember that. But was, we definitely need pictures. Was, uh, I'll have to find it while, uh, while you ask, answer the, the last question here, Patrick. Um, okay. How has the internet influenced your work? Clearly not by copying Kenneth's bench, but how has it influenced your work? <laughs> So, so I think for me, you know, when you think about woodworking, right, it's a very solitary pursuit. You're going into your garage, your basement, or your workshop, and, you know, you're just kind of doing your thing, right? But mm-hmm. what the internet has brought, I think, is that aspect of community. Um, and, and so for me, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have that, that other outlet of woodworking where, you know, you're, you're really excited about something or you're, you're stuck on something or, you know, it's a, it's a Wednesday night and you just want to talk about woodworking. Right. So mm-hmm. having that community aspect, I think has been the, the best thing in terms of knowledge sharing, um, being able to, to have people to run ideas off of and be inspired by. So I think, you know, that what that's really brought is that, that community aspect, and for me, I wish there was more opportunities, you know, things like uh, handworks and all of these events where you can, mm-hmm. you can actually get together face to face and and meet some of the other people, um, sit down, chat with them. I think it's 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 great. But the the internet does provide a, a really nice opportunity to to have those discussions when when you can't have the FaceTime. Exactly, exactly. It's it. I mean, I see Diami once a year. Basically, about but, that, uh, Which, all yeah, things being equal, that. considering how far away we are, yeah. I think we see each other on a very regular basis. I've met you more times than I have fingers. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So maybe, and I do have all ten that. fingers. Yeah, we might should have asked this before in the other podcast, uh, Patrick. But have you ever been to any of the um, woodworking in Americas or fun woodworking lives? Or I know you went to Handworks, but have you been to any of the other ones? I, I haven't, and it's okay. not it was just kind of a, a circumstantial thing where mm-hmm. I just, the timing was never quite right. But, um, I'm hoping, I'm hoping to, to go to some of those events and 
you know, Handworks was the first thing that I went out to as a community event. And I was just like, well, this is this is perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need to do this a little more often. So I think as the opportunities arise, I'm always going to make those a priority. Well, good. Well, good. Well, I, I hope to see you at the next Fine Woodworking Live. Um, I think they're having they're having that event in Tampa, but they're still having one. I guess in Southbridge. I is believe that right? so. The, or Stonebridge is it South it's or Southbridge. It's Southbridge. Um, Southbridge. Okay. The fine woodworking hands-on, which is coming up yeah. in February in Tampa, and if you go to yeah. is it finewoodworking.com forward slash hands dash on, I believe. Um, yeah. That is that's an intriguing thing in that what it is is essentially multiple three-day classes running simultaneously, and when you sign up for the event. What you're doing is signing up for one of the classes. You have to pick which teacher you want, which class you want. Um, it, it looks like a very intriguing event, but my understanding, having talked to them last summer at Fine Woodworking Live uh, this year, mm-hmm. that that is not designed to replace Fine Woodworking Live, which is more of a typical woodworking convention in the manner of past Fine Woodworking Lives and Woodworking America and Weekend with Wood and those things. Um, so the cur- the one in February is is an experiment i think and hopefully it's a successful yeah. one but uh but no i believe they are having another fine woodworking live in the spring as they usually do yeah well, that does sound very interesting yeah i'd encourage you to come you can meet uh i assume wilbur pan will uh, oh, i would hope so yeah and he can convert you over to japanese tools <laughs> did you see this this past weekend um oh yeah i was I kicking myself that. for not yeah. being able to make it but Wilbur yeah. was in the in the metro New York area. I think he was in the Bronx and then up in, in like Westchester or Yonkers uh, doing Japanese tool demonstrations. And there was this whole – I'm not f- quite sure what it was. I need to talk to him about what it was. But it was, um, it was Japanese tool – a bunch of Japanese tool users doing some sort of demonstrations or a, a gathering or fair. I don't, I don't even know. But they were all hanging out and doing you know the, the typical playing competitions and demonstrations and things like that. It seemed to be a really neat event. Um, and by the time this posts, it'll be a, f- a few weeks ago, but Wilbur will actually be doing demonstrations at, um, at the New York Maker Fair, which I'm, I think I'm going to sneak into and I'm eager to, to see him there. Well, good. Very cool. Well, good. Yeah. Well, great. So, with that, Patrick, uh, before we let you go, would you mind telling people where they can find out more about you online? Sure. Um, I'm probably most active on Instagram as Tecton Guild. And then I have my blog and website, uh, tectonguild.com. Excellent. Okay. And Diami, where can they find you? Oh, I can be found on Twitter at Diami Plotke, on, uh, on Facebook at Diami Plotke, though you don't, don't look for me there. Um, I can be found on Instagram at Penultimate Woodshop and at modernwoodworkersassociation.com. I'm all over the interweb. And, of course, you can always find me at barton.kyle on Instagram. And with that, that just about wraps it up for this show. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play Music. Just search for the Modern Woodworkers Association. Then you'll never miss any of our exciting episodes. And while you're there, leave us a review. You can visit modernwoodworkersassociation.com. Follow us at MWA underscore national on Twitter. MWA underscore podcast on Instagram. Modern Woodworkers Association on Facebook. Or you can just go tell a friend because that's the best way to spread the podcast. So um, with that, get out in the shop, find a nice small little plane, put it in your apron, and go make something. Fantastic.